0: Hour number two kicking off here in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. All right, we talked a lot of college football national championship in hour one. There were some other things that have happened over the last 24 hours or so. Sam, catch the people up to speed on a couple of things they may have missed. Yeah,
1: some big news in the sports world Uh, starting off. A big one in terms of you know a big brand deal here. Tiger Woods and Nike ended their relationship after 27 years. Uh, obviously, uh, an iconic, an iconic athlete for Nike, and has kind of been a guy that that kind of started that whole Nike golf brand for them. And you know, Tiger's been on record saying you know how how much of a relationship he's had with with Phil Knight in the past, and how much that relationship has meant to him in his career. Uh, you know, obviously kind of in the last few years without him playing as much. Uh, I, I think kind of some of that relationship maybe kind of went went on the wayside a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Tiger is moving on from Nike. Um, I think kind of the feeling is that he's going go to go to Grayson Clothing. Uh, I know Grayson Clothing? What is that? Uh, I, it's just kind of another golf brand. I think it's kind of under the radar. I believe Justin Thomas. Uh, where's Grayson now
2: after his whole deal with gotcha. uh, but, Ralph Lauren. But, but m- most importantly, Tiger's son Charlie has an agreement yes, with Grayson. Yes, that is uh, why I believe he is going to Grayson. Yeah. Charlie See, did I, announce I, he's I going I to Grayson. I figured
0: Nike would be wanting to get their hooks into Charlie. Into Charlie. Yeah, right? Like right. I, correct me if I'm wrong, Bob, but like Nike stood behind Tiger during the scandal, right? Like they They, did. they, they did absolutely not, did. They did not abandon him when everyone else did. I get it if Tiger's getting some, you know, stake in Grayson. If him and Justin Thomas, good friends, I guess. And I don't. I, I'll be honest, Sam. Whenever you said Grayson, that's the first time I've ever heard of them. I don't. I'm not a golfer, so like it's, it hasn't ever really registered with me. But I've seen a lot of people just talking about how they never thought this Nike relationship with him with Tiger Woods, and he would kind of get the Michael Jordan lifetime brand
2: and just kind of be uh synonymous with them forever yeah when his life was imploding his personal life um nike did stand by him they i think they they did discontinue his equipment line like his clubs and all that stuff but that's probably because it wasn't selling well right. i don't think it had anything to do with their lack of faith in him so yeah they stood very, quite strongly surprisingly so behind him and uh so i find this this move interesting but uh, the first thing i went that I moved to and sure enough I was like ah you know what I remember Charlie just got a, an apparel deal I wonder who that was with and sure enough it's it's Grayson and that's that's where it, yeah and, and the JT alignments another thing too they're super tight mm-hmm. so I don't know it's it's an interesting one and it makes you wonder if Nike will come up with somebody else whether it's you know someone like Rory or they'll they'll, they'll identify somebody that they're going to invest their money in probably not as Profoundly as Tiger. Yes, it's not Tiger. It's just not Tiger. I don't
0: know if this is uh what happens when you start aging a little bit, Bob. But I'm starting to think like, will there be a LeBron? Will there be another Serena? Will there be another Tiger? Because, you know, you throw in Brady there, like you know, those are four goats yeah. like, that I feel like are as as good as anybody ever in their sport, if not better. I mean, I don't want to have the Michael Jordan, LeBron James argument, but like those are four icons, and like. You know, there never was another Muhammad Ali. I'm sure people felt like that in the 70s. Like, hey, that's the peak. We'll never see another Ali. And we didn't. I feel like with those four guys in their sports, and then you could even throw in a, a Nadal and Federer, although I guess you have Djokovic is just as good. But, like, I don't know. Is this a part of getting older, or do you think that maybe we have seen the best of those sports?
2: Every time I think that, I mean, I th- I just think it's generations change, and you think that that's the last you'll see of it. You know, you you talked about LeBron versus Jordan, and that debate will rage on forever. But I think when it was just Jordan and LeBron wasn't in the game, everybody thought, oh my God, we'll never see anybody like him again. Well, there you go. You've got LeBron, and there's that argument. I, I think that there will be others. Um, because also, think about all the, just in just in terms of advancements with Training technology, everything else that's going on in our world, I just think that you know athletes are going to continue to be more and more fine-tuned. It's, I think it's, I don't know how to quite properly articulate it, but I'll try. I think that it's tied to the generation you live in, basically, or right. that you ra- you're raised into. You know. Right. So that, that
0: was my generation. That's kind of what I was getting. Because now yeah. that I'm here, I'm like ah. I don't think there'll ever be another Tiger Woods. No. Like, I, I don't think anyone will ever dominate the sport. And and obviously, Tiger was so instrumental in the golf boom and, like, you know, making it seem accessible to everybody and making it cool to, like, golf. And, like, you can only lose your virginity the first time for a lot of people. Like, you know, you can only do that once. And, like, that's kind of what Tiger did with golf to a lot of people and, you know, grew the sport so much and... You know, now it's even more competitive probably than ever before. So, like, no one's ever going to dominate the same level he did or whatever. But.
2: No, and that one's particularly special. I yeah. will g- give you that because golf was uh, – I wasn't interested in golf. I remember my dad was, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't laser-focused on golf like so many are today. And that is attributable to the Tiger, in my opinion. So, that—that that is rare. Um, will we see someone like that again for that kind of sport? I don't know. But – I, I was just sitting here again thinking of basketball. When I was growing up, again, I'm a little more seasoned than you guys. But, uh, you know, I I believed oh Larry Bird. There's not going to be another player better than him. Well, then Michael Jordan came just a few years after. And then I was like, I don't think there'll be anybody like Michael Jordan again. Well, we have, you know, LeBron. And, again, that argument is legitimate. Um, it just keeps coming. So, uh, I don't know. I, I I do. I just think it's kind of... How, how long you're around, you know? Then, and-
0: I guess you know at being immersed in it at the time, maybe you can't think as forward. But like with Larry Bird, yeah, he was awesome. But like, it wasn't like his athleticism jumped off no. the page, and it wasn't like the technological advances were there. And like, you know, he ruined his back by fixing his mom's driveway. Like, I mean, doing like construction work like in this off season, like. Th- we, we are closer now to the peak of, like, humans in terms of athleticism. And I know, like, you know, we got Wimby in the NBA who's a freak. And, you know, maybe we'll start spitting out more of those seven-foot freaks to play basketball. But, like, as far as, like, strength and athleticism and, yeah. and the technology to, like, take care of your body with the ice baths and the chambers and all that, like, I do feel like we're... closer to the peak now of course than you know ever before as the advances just kept going so i don't know if you know i would have sat there at age 20 and looked at larry bird and said this this is peak male athleticism right here but
2: yeah i don't think there's any marketers who were looking at larry bird going man we need a merch line with that guy (laughs) i mean he obviously had a shoe deal with converse but beyond that you know they're that's where Jordan kind of changed the game, really. Right. I mean, and then it it went on from there. And Tiger, obviously, coming full circle, Tiger played a huge role in in what that means too. While we're
0: talking goats, gotta include Messi too, because who knows if we'll ever yeah. have a guy like Messi in soccer either. So, like, again, pretty good run for people that might have the claim of being the greatest of all time in all of their respective sports. So, like, don't take it for granted that you witness some greatness. But that is the thing about sports, Bob. More can come up. More can come up, and a whole so generation can. Uh, next up, you got Sam. What do you got? Yeah, uh,
1: maybe not as uh, popular in the media these days. Grizzlies, job ja Morant. Uh, season-ending shoulder, shoulder surgery yesterday. Uh, in their road win over the Suns, underwent an MRI, revealed uh, Torres Labrum. Going to require surgery, obviously, to repair that one. Uh, and, and that's going to keep him out for the rest of the season expected to be fully recovered for the start of the 2024 2025 season uh, but obviously a big blow for the Grizzlies uh you know they, they were a miserable team without him he comes back into their lineup after the suspension uh you know they went six and three when he's in the lineup uh that was as many wins as they had in his whole you know in his whole time with his 25 game suspension uh you know it's a tough one for for obviously the Grizzlies but it's an electric player in the league when he's on the court. Obviously, his, his off-the-court actions are,
0: are a lot more... Who knew the choppers were so heavy they would <laughs> yeah. mess up your shoulder? Right. You his would... guns must have been as big as Lil Bow Wow, <laughs> like 50 Cent used to rap about. What the hell is going on there? <laughs> Nine games for him this season, a wasted season for the Grizzlies. You don't really panic with them because of you know their, their three guys are all young. It's not like they're an aging team. It's not like he's paired up with Kevin Durant, you know, or LeBron James who are running out of time. But on the same hand, like, it is a year where a small market team has invested a lot of money in their payroll. And, like, when you start looking at, okay, this was a wasted opportunity because these contracts are all going to start going up, right? Like, Desmond Bain is going to be closer to his, you know, this was the last year of Desmond Bain, you know, they're, their really good shooter, their, their wing, who's making $3.8 million this year. Well, that goes up to $34 million next year. And in Memphis, can you afford to pay John Morant $37 million? Jaron Jackson Jr., $25 million? Desmond Bain, $34 million? And Marcus Smart, $20 million? Probably not. Usually those smart market teams can't afford to be in luxury tax hell for multiple years. So this is a wasted window year for the Grizzlies. And you can always say, hey, just run it back. It'll be fine. But every time you think about that, my mind goes to, yeah, I'm sure the Oklahoma City Thunder thought that back in, like, 2011, 2012, whenever Durant, Harden, Westbrook were all running around they made the finals. Then all of a sudden that team broke up and they never got to the mountaintop. So, not to be doom and gloom for Grizzlies fans who were already kind of probably pretty sad after the news, but a wasted year of uh, a chance with a, a
2: young roster that was affordable for right now. Um, <laughs> I, I am i'm a little bummed about this i was finding myself rooting for for john his comeback uh just i i just believe again surrounded by characters that that's that, that have really created his downfall up until now so i was happy to see him back by the way one of those characters i would actually say i think is his father too which doesn't help things but uh I don't know i i it, it bums me out because um i have a little bit of affinity towards memphis just living in the state of tennessee i love the way they play uh, when they're all together um so i was you know happy to see him coming back and them turning it around a little so i'm anti-grizzlies are you really he's a hawks guy
0: well I'm anti-grizzlies I, it's like you talked about in hour one that whenever teams start becoming really good you start hating them like it's almost a sign of respect this was the opposite. This was like the Grizzlies carried themselves <laughs> like they were the Warriors. They carried themselves like well, they had true. won a couple championships. We run up the chimney. We don't run from smoke. Shut the hell up. You, you didn't win anything.
1: That's a good point. Did you like the grit and grind Grizzlies? I did.
0: Lo- I loved the grit and grind okay, Grizzlies. Okay. I With, went to some playoff games. I, I yeah. liked the grit and grind Grizzlies. Now – The Hawks are still my team, but, like, I I rooted for both teams kind of equally because different leagues and, you know, weren't ever going to play in the finals or whatever, and, like, you know, NBA's not like you grow up with allegiances, or at least I didn't. Maybe maybe Bob did with his Pacers or whatever. But, like, nothing makes me – nothing makes you easier to hate than, like, unfound cockiness. Now, it can be cool to be young and brash and to be the guys, but for me, like, the John Morant stuff, whenever they were carrying themselves, like, they had won a bunch of championships without – Everyone yeah, going to the conference finals. I was like, uh,
2: okay. Yeah, them bowing up against LeBron and yeah, the Lakers. Yeah, yeah that was. Okay. Yeah, that, I agree. I agree with that. So, the Grizzlies, you liked them in the Zach Randolph era. Yeah, I loved
0: the Zach Randolph. I loved the Mark Gasol, you know, Tony Allen era. Didn't really like Rudy Gay. Was glad when they got rid of Rudy Gay. I was screaming, hey, quit shooting mid-range jumpers. And they're like, hey, here's Tayshaun Prince. And here's Shane Batty. And all of a sudden, it unlocked. And, and they were able to kind of do some things. But, yeah, no, I loved that Grizzlies team. But this one, to me, was... The opposite of that team. That that team was quiet and tough, and this team was loud and weak. Like the moment things got tough, Jaw would go run and hide. Like when they were getting their ass kicked by the Lakers, he was running and hiding, like, uh eh, you can't have it both ways. Either you either you want the smoke and you run up the chimney, or you don't. And like whenever they whenever the tough got going, or I guess the going got tough, they 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 left. They quit. They packed it up. And no, you can't do that. So no, I am I am anti-Grizzlies. With that being said, I do like watching John Morant. Of course, he is a a great young star in the league. So I think ultimately the NBA is in a worse position with him only playing nine games this season. Out East, your boy Tyrese Halliburton left the game with an injury last night too. So like two of the guys who, you know, maybe would have found their way on the All Star team. Yeah, definitely know. Halliburton. Halliburton, one hundred percent. Like yeah. Morant, probably not just because of the off the court stuff, but an All Star talent. You, you lose two of the top. Seven or eight point guards in the league last night, and that, that's not good for the NBA.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Any uh, any update on Halliburton Bob? Have you seen?
2: No, haven't seen anything. I mean, it's you know, the, it could run the gamut. The best case scenario is he's he's out one to two weeks. That's that's okay. like if everything works out. If he if there was an absolute tear, then he's probably done for the year. Um, oh really? Yeah, because they'll have to have surgery and everything else, and that just breaks my heart. I'm 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 bracing that it probably he's out till the All Star break. Uh, is what I'm thinking, and that's bad luck for him. He got banged up last year too, and mm-hmm. he was playing pretty well. Yeah, and then they lost like 16 of 18 games yeah. when that happens too. They were
0: good at the beginning of last year and had a chance to maybe play their way into the play-in, you know, playoff situation. Yep. and then yeah, he got hurt and they fell apart. And it looks like you know if he has to miss extended time, that that's really bad for them. They were able to still beat the Celtics last night though by two with no Jason Tatum. So yeah. There you go. That's uh, Anything else from last night that really stood out that you want to hit?
1: Uh, there's a mass exodus in the AFC South. The Jags fired their defensive coordinator, Mike Caldwell, uh, as well as their defensive line coach, passing game coordinator, inside linebackers coach, uh, safeties coach, and senior defensive assistant, and their quality control coach. So, Doug Peterson clearing house in terms of that coaching staff, obviously – uh, things went wrong for them, terribly wrong for them at the end of the season. Uh, but Peterson's making some changes. Would love to see Mike Vrabel do something like
0: that. Well, I guess I would ask if he was his job was safe, and I guess they maybe gave him an ultimatum of like, "Hey, completely overhaul your defensive staff, or you're going to get fired." Yep.
2: Bob, anything from the night that you want to hit that we missed? <laughs> this is going back to Jean Morant for a second, and this is I need some help from the younger guys. He posted on Twitter a a blue heart. What's the significance of a blue heart versus... It might just be a grizzly. Yeah. Like grizzly's okay. colors.
0: I think you're overthinking it. I don't think
1: there's...
2: I don't think there's too much to look at. I, I wondered if it was like it. sad, expressing love, but I'm bummed. Or... I, I, I
0: think I think it's probably just grizzly's color, if I'm guessing. I got you. Yeah. Now that was it. <laughs> it would have been bad if you asked me a young question I couldn't answer. But that's why I keep Sam around. I keep young guys with me to, yes. to help bridge the gap, and I'm glad to help bridge the gap for you. Sometimes the different hearts are just like, you know, if you, so if you, if you ever see a Tennessee fan do an orange heart, that's probably because they like the Vols.
2: I got a green heart from someone once and I didn't Celtics know. Celtics
0: maybe, then maybe nah. a Celtics <laughs> fan would do a green. I, I, don't, know, but,
2: I don't know. I don't now, know. Now, if it's
0: texting, you can't send red hearts to a woman or a guy that you're not romantically involved with. Like, so people maybe send the different color hearts for that. Like, you're like, oh, sending love, like, Here's a purple heart and a yellow heart, or something like that. You don't want to send a red heart to a woman you're not romantically involved with because you might be sending the wrong message. So I do understand the question. I do understand.
1: Varying the degrees of love in terms of what color your right, heart is. Right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, Sam, good job by you. Send us to break. It is the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. Roger. Back on the program, Tiger Woods may have left Nike Golf, so maybe you want to boycott Nike Golf. Well, go support our friends at Inward Half. They have elevated and transformed performance-driven apparel into fashion-forward statement pieces for the entire family. If you're not a golfer, that's okay, because the gear still looks good, and you'll feel good, and you'll support a local business, and you'll support a fan. And a partner of Fan Run Radio. And right now you can double up. You can buy the Everything Polo from the Vol Club online. And you'll support Inward Half and support Tennessee's NIL Collective. That's a win-win. So go to the Vol Club. Buy their Everything Polo. Designed and produced and handled by Inward Half. And if you do Want to go select? If you do want to go search the selection of Inward Half Apparel, go to inwardhalf.com. We appreciate them for their support. If you've got an Inward Half shirt yet, Bob, I'm gonna get you one.
2: No, I was just gonna ask you um, because I'm a big polo guy. Not at this time of year, but um, are they the kind of that? You know, wicking. You know, all that kind of material, because yeah. that's about all I get at yeah. this point.
0: That is, and it's very soft and it's good. And they got some long sleeve hoodie stuff too, so you could maybe get you one for whenever winter gets a little bit less chilly, like next go. week. I don't know if they got anything that could do like the five degrees we're apparently headed for next week. Yeah. I saw it's gonna be eight degrees. I think uh, on like Tuesday or something. And I don't know if they got anything that thick.
2: I don't know, because I don't know if people golf back then or golf in that weather. But what's our weather plan? We gotta we gotta talk about that. Not on like the show. Playing the weather here. <laughs> No. Or just uh, what?
0: Because I I don't know either one. If it
2: gets cold, do we just not come not in? Not come?
0: <laughs> we can always tell people that the lock on the gate froze there and that we go. couldn't get in. Because if it is like five degrees, it might be tough. Like, I, I don't I don't know if I want to come in here and come outside and my, my poor dog will die out there in the cold. I'll be like, hey, he's got to stay inside until the sun
2: comes out. Sorry. We won't be here next week.
0: Check check the app. Check yeah. the app and check uh X. <laughs> Check X for any of your updates, but uh, Black Monday came and went in the NFL. I guess the only Monday casualty was Ron Rivera, right? Like, Arthur Smith was gone. Do we have any updates, Sam, on the latest between Mike Vrabel and the Titans? No,
1: uh, it, it does seem like the silence is deafening at this point, though. You know it, it really doesn't feel like ah, yes, the silence is definitely. you've I love gotten that. I love uh, that phrase. It doesn't feel like you've gotten any sort of word uh, out of any camp in in Tennessee or New England. And I think at this point, that's starting to get a little bit worrisome. Uh, it, it kind of feels like this deal is probably in the works behind the scenes and they're keeping everything quiet. And then here in the next couple of days, I feel like something's gonna come out
0: as a non- Titans fan, Bob. Do you find yourself interested in the Mike Vrabel future? Because, like, he's a name, of course, a former player, won some Super Bowls. There is the local tie with the Titans. And at one point, I mean, he was thought of as a top three or five coach in the NFL. But last two years, last year and a half, hasn't gone well for the Titans, hasn't gone well for Vrabel. Do you still care about him and his future?
2: No. Okay. Um, I I guess the one thing I'm, I think what's most compelling to me when it comes to Vrabel is – what everybody else is thinking. Does he end up in New England? And, you know, I'm sitting here reading headlines about, you know, Belichick now saying he's open to relinquishing GM duties. So does that mean right. he'll stay? Because I've been one of the ones saying I think he's gone, but maybe he's not. Uh, again, I would assume we're going to learn something in the next couple of days. We have to. But that would be the only thing I think that's interesting. It would be, it seems like an interesting fit and an interesting homecoming for Vrabel if he went back to New England.
0: Well, I think Bill Belichick has to give up. GM duties in New England or anywhere else he goes because it's not like anyone who is going to hire him. And I do not think he is willing to walk away from football until he gets the all-time wins record. And I also think he really wants to prove that he can at least get back to the playoffs without Tom Brady. But, yeah, like, if you're Belichick, you have no choice. Like, you have to say you're willing to give up GM duties because you have no choice. Like, I, I am willing to be bald. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I, I have no choice but to be bald. No one is going to give me hair the same as no one is going to give Bill Belichick GM duties anymore. Maybe it saves face if they do move on. He could say, hey, New England, I tried to tell the fans, like, hey, I wanted to stay. I told them I was willing to concede that. But uh, the Belichick part is more interesting than the Vrabel part, but it also is connected because, like, it's kind of a domino thing, right? Like, yeah. if you're the Patriots— you're probably willing to move on from Belichick. Like, Robert Kraft probably regrets moving on from Tom Brady and, and and letting Bill Belichick kind of talk him into that because he loved Brady, and, of course, Brady went and won a Super Bowl without him. But uh, you're also, if you're the Patriots, like, if you want to trade for Mike Vrabel, some of the assets you might be getting to trade for Mike Vrabel you get from trading Bill Belichick. So it's almost like a three-team trade whatever happens of somebody pays the Patriots, for Belichick, and then they turn around and pay the Titans for Vrabel. So, like, maybe, you know, someone like Atlanta is looking, and they're apparently interested in Bill Belichick, which I also think they should probably be interested in and in maybe bringing Jim Harbaugh in there, too. And maybe you bring Jim Harbaugh in there and get them a quarterback, and all of a sudden the Falcons aren't fall, far off. But, like, maybe you, you're trading a first-round pick for Belichick and giving that to the Patriots, who then turn around and give it to the Titans. Because I do think that the— the Patriots are not giving the number 3 overall pick for Mike Vrabel. You're not doing that, right? Like that's that's too steep of a price.
2: I would agree. I and the other one uh, when we talk about Vrabel to the Patriots, I definitely see that as a possibility. I struggle to see I'm sure there'll be teams interested in Vrabel. I just don't see the same kind of fit anywhere else. Um but to your point, he's had success up until the last couple of seasons and the NFL prides itself in my opinion, and I don't want to call him a retread, but there's, you know, coaches who fall upon hard times and they still end up with jobs. So, it, you know, I, I, I even if you take the Patriots opportunity out of the picture, I still think he ends up somewhere else. You say
0: retread right, like it's a bad word, and and sometimes it does have a negative connotation, but... Frank Reich. Well, yes, Frank Reich, <laughs> terrible retread. But, on yeah. the other hand, Andy Reid, great retread. True. Who like Phil, you know, kind of wore out his welcome in Philadelphia and didn't have a quarterback, and then all of a sudden won four games, and they fire him. And Kansas City's like, yes, yes, we'll take him. And then of course, he went and uh, won some Super Bowls and has turned them into a a power. And same guy we're talking about, Bill Belichick, retread. You know, he he was a guy that had had some stops before that, you know, didn't bear the same fruit, obviously, as in New England, but went to a better situation, went to a different situation, and won so. I do think Vrabel has that type of potential somewhere else. And I do think that there's, you know, a a hesitancy to do a rebuild. But at the same time, the thing I haven't been able to figure out is if you're hesitant to do a rebuild, why are you linked to Washington and New England who both are set to be in a rebuild? Like, that's the one thing about this Vrabel thing that hasn't made sense to me is, okay, you don't want to start over. You don't want to be on a bad team. You want to win. Why do you think those two teams have better positions than the Titans?
1: He's he's had like three straight seasons of basically trying to band-aid a, a, a team together in terms of just throwing a roster together that's got third-string guys and practice-string guys and all yeah. these injured guys, and then now – He's getting to the point where he's got a young quarterback and he's got $100 million in the bank and he's got the ability to like reconstruct a roster and now he wants to get out of there.
0: It might just come down to power. It might just come down to power like the the reports are him and Rand Carthon don't necessarily see eye to eye, don't necessarily uh, can't really agree on who gets final say. And I guess that from that perspective, maybe you want some clarity. Maybe you want to go to a different organization. Maybe you want to have that control. I don't know. I don't know but i do find the belichick part to be much more interesting than the mike vrabel part but also think that it's a much more inevitable breakup between the the patriots and the and the maybe the greatest coach of all time
2: something that i it's it's in the coaching tree so to speak that i found interesting you may have seen it as well as the chatter that uh john gruden is gonna perhaps join the saints as an assistant he's been a consultant But I found that really interesting, particularly with Dennis Allen, whose whose grip on that job feels a little tenuous to me to begin with. You are inviting the wolf into the hen house. Yes. (laughs) Very much like uh, Petrino at Arkansas, right?
0: That's that's what I said about them, too. And it's like that, that does feel like that. Like if you're Sam Pittman, you are inviting a guy in that's going to take your job, at least in the interim basis. And even more so with the Saints, like John Gruden, a much higher standing in the NFL, right, in terms of respect and in terms of accolades. Dennis Allen is not a good coach. Yeah. Dennis Allen is a bad coach. Dennis Allen seems to be in over his head. It does not seem like the locker respect the locker room respects him, as we talked about yesterday with the whole Jameis Winston, Jame uh, Jamal Williams touchdown at the end of the game out of uh, the 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 off, or I guess the victory formation. Bringing John Gruden is going to wash the stench off of him. But it's also going to get his foot in the door with Derek Carr. He's Derek Carr's right-hand man. He's the only guy that's had Derek Carr playing at a high level, at least recently. And, yeah, it seems like a strange move. But I guess if you're Dennis Allen, you're just trying to win at all costs. And you're like, hey, if he does take my job, it's fine. At least I'm trying to win. I don't really know his line of thinking. Maybe maybe he, it's not his call and the Saints are making that decision. But, yeah, Gruden, who is suing the NFL, maybe going to be employed in the NFL again soon. It's crazy. It is crazy. Um. And then you got throw in Harbaugh, Vrabel, Harbaugh, Belichick, Gruden. I mean, these are some pretty heavy hitting names, I guess.
2: And I think we're done with. I, I would assume we're well. Belichick's the one outlier. We're done with firing, probably, right? I
0: disagree. I, I think. I think Dallas. I think Dallas and Mike McCarthy. They kind of put that out there that if he does not have a good playoff run, that maybe he ends up getting uh, treated like Marty Sottenheimer, you know who. We won a bunch of games in San Diego, but never broke through, so they fired him. Like, I I don't know if Jerry would do that, but at the same time, this Dallas roster is good enough to make a deep playoff run, and we do know Jerry likes the star. The star on the helmet and the star head coach. And, like, you know, if Mike McCarthy's not getting it done and you could go get Bill Belichick or or John Harbaugh, like, I think you at least think about – or Jim Harbaugh, excuse me. You at least think about that if you're Jerry Jones. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, I just hope we get to see some movement. There's so many what-ifs going on with these open jobs right now. Um, But, again, the one that moves the needle is what are we going to hear with Belichick here in the next few days. Anybody else in the playoffs that
0: could be fired? Because I think everyone else is probably pretty safe. I know Tomlin was on the hot seat, but the way they rallied and made the playoffs, I think he's safe for another year or at least maybe a trade candidate there, too, if there was like, hey, we're kind of wanting to go in a more creative direction because much like Mike Vrabel, Mike Tomlin I think gets off on winning close games and having to do things harder than they have to be. Which is my problem with Vrabel is like the way you play football is like how Jeremy Pruitt played football at Tennessee like your your ideal scenario is winning a game 20 to 17 which means there's no margin for error which means in the fourth quarter there are like three plays you're going to have to make to win the game instead of just maybe winning by like 17 instead. I don't know.
1: I don't think it's potential firing, but could Nick Sirianni's seat get a little bit hotter if you see them go down to Tampa and lose uh, that one?
0: Yeah, I mean, if he lo- if if he loses to Tampa, that's a good question. I don't think he gets fired, but yeah. yeah, like it wouldn't shock me if they looked and said, "Bro, you lost six of your last seven and, and lost a a team that's built to win. Now you 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 completely fell apart, and maybe you're not the guy. Maybe it was just your
2: coordinators." Yeah, I can, I, I agree with that, and conversely, I think um, I think. Sean McDermott saved his job, probably, too. I mean, with the way they've played the last month or so by getting into the playoffs. Now, if they lose in the first or second round, he's probably safe. But I think if this was a month ago, I started to wonder about his stability.
0: It does seem like firing Ken Dorsey and and kind of changing the offensive philosophy did save his job. But at the same time, losing as a 10-point favorite at home to this Pittsburgh team probably undoes all of that goodwill. Yeah. You know, I've talked to you know this year about Josh Heupel losing to Florida, kind of undoing some goodwill. This would be that, but much, much, much worse to do it at home against an overmatched team that's playing their third-string quarterback. That's maybe their actual best quarterback. I don't know, but yeah, I, I could see McDermott getting his walking papers if if they lose this game. But outside of that, I do think uh, I agree that he has saved his job. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it does seem like the coaching carousel is just waiting on the big Bill Belichick and the Mike Vrabel dominoes to fall, which hopefully we get some type of update soon. Speaking of updates, hopefully we can get some on some recruiting stuff. Sam, get me up to speed on the offensive line situation, the transfer portal. We'll take some Tennessee football phone calls, I'm sure, next segment. So if you've been waiting to talk to us, get ready to hit the phone lines. It is the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. Rock... We are still waiting to see if Tennessee is able to go out and land any big-time prospects on the offensive line from the transfer portal. It looks like it's going to be Lance Hurd that kind of is the first prize for this this session, maybe. like It does seem like he is torn between Tennessee and Oklahoma, but I do think right now people are giving the lean to Tennessee. It doesn't appear from the last update I saw that he is visiting any other schools, that it is going to be Tennessee or Oklahoma. Bob, am I wrong? Am I being a homer just by saying it seems so much cooler playing for Tennessee than it does Oklahoma? (laughs) Is it just because I'm here in Knoxville? But, like, Oklahoma has never seemed like a cool program to me. Even when they've been good... I don't know that they have an unproven quarterback. I understand Tennessee does too, but at least I don't know the hundred thousand in the stands. Are like, oh, Tennessee home games seem cooler than Oklahoma home games. I don't. I don't know. Am I being too much of a homer? Probably so. Okay. Um, Thank you.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no. I I I have no. I don't have any love for Oklahoma, but I think that uh, uh, they. I guess their lineage is a little more steeped than uh, Tennessee's. The
0: lineage is fine. I'm not arguing the lineage, but like. They're in Oklahoma.
2: I know I the know. state
0: of Oklahoma just doesn't seem cool either. Like I mean, like their 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 whole mascot is about stealing people's land. Like <laughs> it's problematic. We got here sooner. No, we were already here. The, said the Native Americans. Just somebody give Lance Hurd and his family the the copies of Killers of the Flower Moon. Like just <laughs> let them go watch what
2: what the people of Oklahoma did. I was wondering where you were going with that, but that's good. I like that. Um, I think. Uh i again. I think I think it is bias. I mean, we, okay. we we. I I feel the same way though. I mean, I I'm not again. I'm I'm not I'm not uh, Jonesing to go to Oklahoma anytime soon. I have this no. Is, this you know. is why we shouldn't have let those idiots in the SEC.
0: We shouldn't have let Texas and and Oklahoma into the SEC. I understand the idea of more money, but like we we let two programs come in here and elevate themselves. Yes. Because if you want to play in the SEC. You wouldn't go to Oklahoma or Texas until this year, and now you can say, "Oh, I can go to Oklahoma and Texas
2: and play in the SEC." Yeah, we ele- we elevate them, and we and more importantly, we elevate their you know fan base and everyone else's perception of them too. Right. You know, not just their. Yeah, it's it's one way to look at it, and it is all about the money. But um, I'm not getting any of that money.
0: They're not giving me any money. It's not about the money to me. Like I understand that. You know, Danny has to worry about the money, and then and the commissioner of the SEC has to worry about the money, but I don't. I just get to complain that now I have to watch conference games with Oklahoma and Texas, a program, by the way, Oklahoma, that I've never thought was cool. My entire life, no offense to Josh Heupel if he's listening, my entire life, there's only one player I've ever thought was cool that played at Oklahoma. One. That's it. I take that back. Two. Two players I thought was cool ever in the 25 years I've watched college football: Adrian Peterson and C.D. Lamb. That's it. Brian Bosworth? No, not cool. What? Like, I don't know. I wasn't
2: alive when. Was I wasn't watching. either. Yeah, but sick. Sick. you guys weren't alive. But they had a guy, Joe Washington. I don't okay. know if you ever heard of that dude, but go look him up. He uh, he was a running back, and that was back when t- Oklahoma was kind of the bad boys of college so with, football. With Bosworth, that was that a okay. before that? Before um, that and i think they were even on probation at some point and they didn't you know they were deprived of a national title and everything else but joe washington he was the first guy who came out he was wearing like silver cleats and okay. i mean he was he was a character and he he, he ended up having a decent little NFL career, too. I've heard
0: of the U. Yeah, i I've heard of the bad boys down in Miami. I've heard (laughs) of Michael Irvin and all those guys. Never heard of the bad boy, cool Oklahoma Sooners. Not saying you're wrong, Bob. Just saying they didn't make a 30-for-30 about that. So, as far as I'm concerned, there have been two players that have been cool. Adrian Peterson and C.D. Lamb. And I don't even know if C.D. Lamb was cool. They did make a 30-for-30 about Brian Bosworth, though. They did. They did, but it was more (laughs) about the fall of Brian Bosworth. It was about how he... The steroids that got to the NFL and got <laughs> ran over by Bo Jackson and ruined his life. But the picture of him wearing the NCAA communist shirt, that, that was kind of cool. That was kind of cool, I guess. But uh, what years did he play? Do you remember Bosworth? What Bosworth
2: years? was like uh, late 80s. Okay, yeah.
0: I was going to say, I wasn't born. Uh,
2: yeah. But... And, and, I mean, there was a moment in time, again, this is a long time ago, even when I where Oklahoma-Nebraska was the game in college football. I mean, it was the – it was the marquee game. But that was back when Nebraska had juice, too, you know?
0: Yeah, no one's talking about Nebraska's lineage and talking about how they could still get it. But for Oklahoma, they're able to hold on. I hope when they get to the SEC, they become just an eight-win program and just kind of regret the day. I hope they rue the day that they join the SEC when they look around like, man, we're behind Texas A&M now. We used to be so much better than Texas A&M, and now we're just Texas A&M. We should have stayed in the Big 12. I'll take some of this back if they lose out on, on Lance Hurd and he ends up coming here because Tennessee getting him would go a long way to making this year's team better and, of course, next year's team better because he has multiple years of eligibility. It has been reported that John Campbell would be willing to move to right tackle. I told you that yesterday that you know Hurd, his big problem at LSU was that he couldn't play left tackle. Like, that's the position he wants to play. And I, I thought Campbell needed to go the right tackle to kind of show some versatility. Because his future, if he does want to play in the NFL or in the United Football League or whatever, he seems like a type of prospect that has to show versatility and that you can kind of plug him in in multiple places and like be a practice squad guy that gets elevated in a pinch that you know can come in and, and be a tackle that's active that could fit in for either guy. So like I do think that's ultimately better for his career. But he's the guy I'm focused on right now. He's the guy I'm focused on right now. Tennessee does need to fix their offensive line. I know you guys may have some thoughts on Tennessee's recruiting. You might have some thoughts on Nico. You might want to yell at me about Joe Milton. You might just want to say hi to Bob. We will open up the phone lines right about meow. 865-546-8200 if you want to talk to us. That is 865-546-8200. Just want to go on record. This is all Bob's idea. He's the one that wants to take phone calls. I still don't want to talk to you. I still don't want to do it. I'm anti-phone calls, but I am willing to, to turn over a new leaf in 2024. I am willing to be a phone call man and, and talk to you all and reconnect with you all. It's been many years. It's been many years. But Bob said he loves the people, and Bob wants to talk to the people. 865 546 8200. I'm just going to tell you, Bob, be careful what you what you wish for. Oh, I I'm, be I'm aware. Be careful what you wish for with some of these guys. There's nothing wrong with a little interaction. We're bringing the, the wolves into the hen house or you're you're bringing them onto our show and next thing you know, they're going to be running the damn thing.
2: We don't want to be viewed as recluses, you know? We got to we we got to we got to do this. Sam doesn't want that. He's too young to be viewed that way. <laughs> well, so. there you go.
0: If you call in, thank Bob 865-546-8200, 5, 5, we could talk some Tennessee football if you would like. Going back to the way-too-early top 25, the breakdown the ESPN gives them. Of course, it runs down the key losses. Joe Milton, Jalen Wright, Tyler Perry. key loss? Joe <laughs> Milton? I mean, it's a starting quarterback. <laughs> I, I would argue a little bit about it, but, uh, of course, it is it is what they have on the page. Aaron Beasley, Tank McCullough, Danico Slaughter, Tamarian T- T- McDonald, Wesley Walker, Romel Keaton. All in all, Bob... When I look at the key losses, not a lot of guys that I'm like, oh no, wait, come back, please, don't leave us. Like some solid players, you know, Jalen Wright, obviously, really, really good. Tyler Barron was solid. Aaron Beasley, good, tank, a good veteran. But when you look at the rest of the top twenty-five, a lot of teams losing a lot more
2: than Tennessee are. I would agree. I out of that whole group, the one I'm most uh... I guess sad about is Jalen Wright. I, mean, I just loved watching him run. Loved his speed. Loved his his want to. You know, I mean, he was. I just think of the times like the Florida game where it felt like the team had kind of quit in some stages. If you recall, he couldn't get brought down, man. I mean, they were. He was dragging players with him. So that's the part I I would miss about Jalen Wright. The other guys. I mean, of course, I'd love to see Barron stay and others, but I'm I'm kind of you know nonplussed with those guys moving on and and joe best of luck
0: same for jalen wright like you said like he he was really good i'm still a little salty over the missouri game i thought he had no, he picked a bad time for his oh, worst game of his career against missouri not not uh not to bring him down but a really good ball really good career i think he'll be an nfl running back you know he might be like kind of like todd chandler with the vikings kind of that role maybe but all in all not really looking at these as the big-time key losses. And and we talked about it yesterday a little bit, Bob. But, like, I think that the running back position at Tennessee is going to be solidified really as long as Josh Heupel is here when it comes to the tempo this team plays with and the gaps they have, the spacing they have. Like, running back is going to be solid. Running back is going to be productive. Would you agree or disagree with the take that we will have just as much, if not more, running back production next year that we
2: had this year? I think there's just as much. Right. I, I really believe that. My one question is, Do we have we heard any updates on Small? Yeah, he's gone. He he's is gone. gone? Yeah. because it is goodbye around New Year's. I don't okay. know. Okay. Because they, they didn't have him in here for the key losses. Yeah, I, I guess like, they, they don't consider weird. him a key. Yeah. Um, kind of hurts, I guess. Yeah, but. a little bit. But no, back to your question. I, I, uh, we talked about this too. I'm, um, I'm super excited about Cam Seldon getting more touches, and, um, and obviously with Sampson, I, I feel, I feel good about the running game for next year.
0: I feel as good. I feel good about the running game as long as Josh Heupel is here. I think adding a dynamic passer is only going to kind of open that up more. The expected key additions, according to ESPN. Chris Brazell, Jacoby Thomas, that's the safety from MTSU, Jermod McCoy, Holden Stays, Mike Matthews, that's the five-star wide receiver, Jordan Ross, and Bennett Warren. So they got a couple of transfer portal guys and a couple of really talented young guys. I think ultimately what's coming in exceeds what's going out.
2: I would agree with that. Not to
0: take any shots at the guys who are leaving. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I'm excited about the guys coming in, especially again, if you can go and add an offensive lineman to that as well to kind of solidify that. The 2024 Outlook. This will be me reading ESPN's words. Volunteer fans got a sneak peek into the future in a 35-0 route of Iowa, with Milton opting out of the bowl game. Fresh show, freshman, not fresh show, freshman Nico Iamaliava got the start. She completed 12-19 passes, 151 yards, one touchdown, three more scores rushing. The L.A. native was the number 4 pocket passer. There are solid receivers returning a Squirrel White, Brew McCoy, and Brazil who was Tulane's leading pass catcher in 23. It will also help that center Cooper Mays and tackles John Campbell and Gerald Mincy. They need to go ahead and rewrite that because Gerald Mency is most likely certainly not coming back. Uh, shoring up the secondary will be a priority in the spring after six defensive backs. It seems like A.I. wrote that. I'm going to be honest, Bob. <laughs> I wasted our time
2: by reading that. It seems like A.I. wrote that. Yeah, the the well, the Gerald Mincy piece clearly dated. So you could be right. Yeah, AI wrote that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, has ESPN? Have you heard
1: that about Sports Illustrated? Yeah, I was gonna say, has ESPN gone the
0: way of Sports Illustrated? And they're just uh, hey, give me a because I feel like I could go and write that about any
2: team here without having any knowledge. Like just that's been going on for forever. If uh, like. I, I run a fantasy football league on CBS and they would write things about our league and that's been like five years and it's horrible. It's like, you know, um, it, I mean, it was like stating the obvious, basically like, you know, so-and-so's kicker had five field goals. He had a great game. You know, it's like, thank you. Was, thanks for, did
0: they, was that AI back before them? Because I know yeah. what you're talking about with Yahoo in terms of them just kind of having these generic, yeah. Game recap. That was
2: their that was their that was their uh, kind of premature AI, I guess.
0: A new segment and a new running staple of the show is John's gonna ask Bob about how things used to be <laughs> yeah. to make him feel old, but has I feel like much like I said with the athletes being greater than ever before and kind of maybe peaking,
2: I feel like sports rotting is about as bad as it's ever been. It's tough. Like, there's uh you know, there's still some I seek out, but yeah, it's 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 kind of sad to see. I mean, there, I I was a big proponent of particularly on a weekend picking up a newspaper and just getting to read it and you know i i can't i can't even remember the last time i did that you know it's been years i years. used to read the newspaper yeah do i'd you, pull out
1: our sports section of the newspaper on my drive to drive to school do
0: yeah. you still read anything do you find yourself reading any sports articles i like the athletic okay you still yeah. read yeah i used to love reading I, I would spend hours online during college classes and yeah. you know coming home from high school i would try to consume every kind of written piece I could find and you know to get connected and to feel smarter and to feel more educated and all that. But like that kinda went away for me the last three or four years. I don't really read seek out reading. I, I do scroll the athletic, but it's mostly like, hey, a story, this, you know, headlines, kind of skim it. Like, very rarely do I spend more than...
1: Some of their pieces on specific athletes, I think, are really well done by The Athletic, for sure. But
0: outside of that, I very rarely spend more than, like, seven or eight minutes reading something. Like, Yeah, it's I just, agree. Just I used to it.
1: read Sports Illustrated, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. That used to be something where I would read those articles all day. The
2: the things I do read... I, I agree with you on The Athletic. Um, and, and The Athletic does a great job in its presentation as well, you know, with photos and mm-hmm. everything that make you feel like you really are looking at like an old newspaper or magazine on a computer screen but then i also subscribe to uh, uh, puck.com if you've ever heard of that
0: puck.com Puck. what is that
2: it's um it's a newer news service but it focuses it's not on sports but it's oh, like okay. specifically business media heavy into media heavy into technology <laughs> and um and they're and they just brought in um, John Orrand from uh, sports business journal he's coming over to do sports now okay um, they have a couple podcasts on the ringer network um, okay. they're 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 fantastic and that's kind of how I keep current on the industry and everything else too so uh but those are the things I read and that's about it I don't go much further than that
0: yeah I mean you're talking about the ringer you know Bill Simmons was that for me growing up you know I never really liked Rick Riley but I mean I, I acknowledge that he was a great but like is there even a writer now that you think of? I mean, like I know
1: like Simmons Hunter. and Riley are kind of the two that I yeah, like I really they don't write anymore. Lot, yeah.
0: Like I, I don't know, is there, is, does this new generation have that guy? Because I mean, it feels like it all kind of moved to TV or just podcasting and the videos and stuff. So you know, yeah, are people still pumping out like great sports books or is that happening? With, what's the Peter last King? great sports book you let, you read?
1: Peter King maybe.
0: I don't, yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't. I used to read the Monday Morning Quarterback, but that was probably 10 years ago.
2: One that, and and he used to be a national writer for USA Today, and now he moved, uh, he works in Indianapolis for the Indianapolis Stars. A guy, Greg Doyle, if you've ever I heard of like him. I don't like him. You don't? I, I, he just he annoys me. I don't he, know. He likes to pick fights. That's the one thing I will say, which I don't appreciate. I'm kind of tired of <laughs> hearing that. As uh,
0: someone who hates the Colts, I've hated him, and I feel like he had some Big Ten stuff. And I don't know. Maybe I don't know if he took shots at Tennessee over anything, but I, Greg Doyle's on my list of don't really care for him.
2: Yeah. He, uh, he definitely doesn't like Harbaugh right now. He's, you know, just. Shredding him, which I don't really have any time for. You know, it's like a that we've we've heard all that. Let's just move on. But, no uh,
0: one's coming up with a unique take about Harbaugh at this point, right? It's,
2: it's all been said. I agree. Yeah, and I when I was out in L.A. too, uh, this guy's passed. But Jim Murray was like an absolute legend for the L.A. Times. Um, he's passed on, but you know those those days are are long gone, man. Where you used to have those people, you would seek out just not many out there at this point they and, all went to around the horn on espn they
0: all just started doing well the TV and,
2: and then there's the ones that i don't like you know that, that that try to still be prominent like that and the one that first comes to mind for me is i'm not a pat 40 fan i uh i, I feel like he's still trying hard to be that guy but okay because you know. i mean I, I used
0: to read pat 40 but yeah uh, maybe my personal feelings
2: about him just made me
0: like not read his work anymore because i haven't that's been, what i'm saying yeah, yeah it's been been seven years since i've read a pat Unless I've saw like unless he said something about Tennessee that I've like sought out to like hate right. read, but outside of that, like I just haven't haven't checked any of that out. Hour two in the books. We'll kick off hour three. We got Jack Foster coming on to talk some college football with us. We'll do that. We will wrap up this show. Stick with us. It is the morning show on uh, Fan Run Radio.